seat time, experience learning from people the right ways to do things. And I know earlier on, I wish I had taken more advantage of having the instructors that have done this for 15, 20 years sit down and, and ride along in the car with me and really kind of teach me the right techniques and give me pointers earlier on to break bad habits. So it's really beneficial to have that person to, to guide you the right way. And if you show that you want to learn, people latch on to that, you know? A lot of us like to teach. And when you have somebody who has that thirst for learning, it's really a great relationship that you can. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Will Durant once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. If you're listening to this, you're likely a pharmacist, or at the very least, in healthcare. You want to be your very best at your job, in your profession, and in the community that you serve. However, is focusing solely on that one thing the most effective way to get there? That's what we're going to be talking about today with someone who is not only excelling in the profession of pharmacy, but in his other hobbies as well. I'd like to introduce you guys to Dr. Andrew Vassallo, who works as an emergency medicine clinical pharmacist at Community Medical Center in Toms River, New Jersey, as well as spending time as a research pharmacist at the Advanced Memory Research Institute of New Jersey, focusing on clinical trials for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. He went to school at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia, and after obtaining his PharmD, he completed a PGY-1 residency program at Einstein Medical Center. He has attained board certification in both pharmacotherapy and critical care, and also has his certification as a strength and conditioning specialist. His passion in fitness is what initially led him and I together about two years ago, as he was featured pharmacist on the weekly Fit Pharmacist Friday series. Andrew's main goal is to try to help people in all aspects and at all time points of life, whether it be at their sickest in the ER, keeping healthy and fit in the gym, or preventing the worsening of Alzheimer's disease in the elderly. Being able to make a difference in others' lives keeps him going and motivates him to be a better pharmacist. Dr. Andrew, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Excellent. Thank you for having me, Adam. I appreciate it. Man, I have been wanting to get you on here for a while because not only are you and I both very passionate pharmacists, but we have other passions outside of pharmacy that we just love that we're going to talk about here. And, and I started to think, is, it, is there some sort of relation between those things of going all in in pharmacy, but having things outside of that 
Um, and we chatted about that prior, and that's just something both of us have seen is having not not burning the candle at both ends really sets that standard and really allows the fuel to burn so that we can be our best in all areas of our life. Absolutely. Uh, you you really need to have something else um, to, to focus on, something you're passionate about outside of pharmacy to to be able to to have that time for yourself to settle your mind and, and really de-stress really to be your best self at work and be, you know, your perform your best um, as a pharmacist on duty. Absolutely. And, and it's kind of ironic, right? We all want to be the very best pharmacist we can be. But ironically, one thing that I have found among the phenomenal pharmacists I've had the honor of meeting along my journey is that it's having something you're passionate about outside of pharmacy that actually fuels the passion for pharmacy even more than just focusing on that task. And uh, I started to think about that, and I thought, you know, who else do I know in pharmacy that is just phenomenal, super skilled, talented, and passionate, but they do something outside of pharmacy that's really cool, not necessarily, you know, in nerd-wise, nerd but still has that passion. And uh, that I thought of you immediately. So I said, hey, you're the perfect person to have for this podcast. You thought of who, who's who else lifts and you know drives a Nissan 370Z, and immediately <laughs> I think I'm the only one to come up at that point. Um, no, absolutely. So I, I think we're really you know on the same wavelength when it comes to that. So um, you know, me myself having uh, the gym and health and fitness as a passion has always kind of been a de-stressor for me, and and really keep, uh, kept me focused um, and and you know level-headed, especially, you know, working in the ER as I do. Um, I have a lot of days that, that could be really rough and, and really have to uh, get things off your mind and, and de-stress before you could get home and, you know, uh, relax a little bit. Um, so having that as, a, as an outlet is, is really great. And, um, you know, I feel like as pharmacists, we really tend to pick things and hobbies outside of our career sometimes that sometimes even mimic our career and have some some, um, you know, some similarities between the two. Right. Like whenever we drop stock bottles, we bend up and we pick them up, uh, just like in the weights, like we pick things up and put them down, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's actually something that I'd love it if you're open to, uh, to share. Uh, when I first met you, it was actually through the wonderful world of Instagram. Um, whenever I started the Fit Pharmacist Friday series uh, a couple years ago now, um, you had reached out, and I looked at your story, and it was amazing. A couple years ago, uh, you had a photo shoot, and dude, you were you're jacked. Like not not you were jacked. I mean, you're still ripped. So I don't want to I don't want to say like something happened, but dude, that you looked amazing. What happened? Man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, really fell off. No, no it, it's, um, to to be honest, um, you know, going back to pharmacy school, um, the, the way I got into pharmacy, honestly, was really a family member just had, had recommended pharmacy and said, you know, it's a stable career. And, and I had done it and, and had worked at a CVS. And I really didn't think that was quite for me at that time. And I was really in a hard place going through a lot in my life um, during school and and had found myself in, in really a bad spot, not knowing if I wanted to continue with pharmacy school and, and really being pretty down. I mean, I, I barely, I'll be very honest, I barely skated through at a certain point and, and I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating and even had suffered from, from depression for a little bit. And um, really, I 
pulled myself out of that last semester that I had, you know, gone through this and um, found the gym and really started consistently hitting the gym and, you know, gaining weight and um, becoming a better uh, person for myself, both for, for my mind and my body. And that's really where the, the gym life had kind of started for me. So I've kind of carried that through not only from my schooling, but um, through my residency program, which obviously you really don't have a lot of time to breathe as a resident, but I still made sure to get all my work done um, to make sure I had that little bit of gym time and then carrying that forward into my career as well, you know? Absolutely, man. And I give mad props to people that, that live that res life, uh, working, you know, double what most people work. The average is what, 35, 40 hours. I think res life, I, I just expect to do 80 hour weeks at like minimal pay, just enough to like, Get your ramen noodles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Just, just as a, a plug for that, as somebody who's a, a preceptor for, for a PGY two in critical care and also for a PGY one, um, as much as it's it's a brutal year, it's going to be a really rough year. But um, it's it's definitely I wouldn't have gotten my job in the ER if it weren't for that, and I wouldn't have been as comfortable as I am in the ER going stepping into that job. Um, and it, it was really an incredible year and I would do it all over again, the torture and the 80 hour weeks, um, every bit, you know? Absolutely. And with residency, there, there's a reason why it's so intense. Um, I forget the mm. number, so hopefully you can help me out here, but one year of residency, doesn't that equate to like three to five years of actual experience? Uh, 100%. I mean, the, the amount of exposure they give you and the amount of things that you get to do and research that you get involved in, I know we, we always push our residents and really try and, and you know, still balance uh, work-life balance and giving them some time. But obviously, we, we're still cramming in a lot that year and you, you are balancing a lot of different projects that you may not have even been exposed to up until getting a managerial position, let's say. Um, so there's a lot of things that they, they really um, kind of cram into that year and, and make for a worthwhile experience at a good program. Absolutely. Um, so as you know, uh, I'm a huge proponent for helping pharmacists and pharmacy students really find mm -hmm. the time and energy for self-care because without that, we won't be able to be the best version of ourselves. And it's not just, you know, right. lifting a lot of weight or things like that, but really taking care of your mindset, taking care of yourself. Uh, through nutrition, through doing some sort of physical activity that you enjoy because everyone has different interests. Um, but you're a great person to ask because with everyone I've worked with through the years, the number one reason why they, quote, got out of hand was I just don't have enough time. So if you've done a residency or you've just heard the word residency, you probably get a little tachycardia. <laughs> Because you just think of the stress and the hours. So that's a super intense time in someone's life is residency. So you were just such a genius to not only go through that, but then think, oh, that was, that was fun. Let's just be a preceptor for PGY1 and PG2. <laughs> so you, you're all about that time, but you're still finding time not only for you know, crushing the pharmacy game, but having that time for taking care of yourself and doing the things that you love, not only for your mind, but for your body by working out, by doing all the things. So what have you found to be a good way to approach that to not have time, but to make time? And I think that's a big distinction too. So you really have to, um, you have to realize that, that things can be condensed. Um, you, you don't need to wear, you know, during school, obviously, if you have more time, 
um, you know, you were going to the gym for that one, one and a half hour, two hour session, you could cram in a good workout in 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and then let's say you had something to read, you know, if you're going to be hopping on the treadmill or going on the bike, bring whatever you have to read, you know, knock two things out at one time, um, really being the most efficient as, as possible. Um, you know, if you're going to be going to the gym, um, be prepared, be ready to go straight there from, you know, let's say residency or work or wherever you're at. Um, that way you don't have to go home. You waste time. You might not go, um, go straight there. It's, it's, if you're packed up and ready to go, um, when you're already at work, um, you're going to be more motivated. Um, if you stop home, you know, it's, it's going to be a big waste of time or you might not even go. So it's really a lot of, you know, even when it's down to like the meal preparation and everything, I don't go crazy with that, but a lot of the preparing ahead of time is what it, it takes to use your time, why more appropriately to basically make time for yourself. Absolutely. Just not overthinking the planning, but just doing little things. So just the small thing of having your gym bag in your car so that you can go directly from work to there. Um, and dude, I learned that so fast. Because even coming home and, and just sitting down to put my shoes on, as soon as I sat down, game over. Like, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just that little simple switch can really help with that. Um, but looking at that whole activity in itself of going to the gym and things like that, uh, that's, that's where we're looking at is how can doing something outside of pharmacy help us to be better in pharmacy? And I think you touched on one of the, the big reasons, um, for, for me anyway, I think that one logical thought to this is that it prevents burnout, which is very rampant in our profession and just healthcare overall, because focusing on only one thing for too long can get you lost and make kind of your eyes glaze over. Uh, like if you think back to pharmacy school, I mean, you've probably written a lot of papers since then, but if you've ever written like a super in-depth paper, you just had to step away and come back with a fresh set of eyes because you just get so engrossed, it's kind of like everything's on repeat and, and everything's like blurring together. Uh, so with that being said, that can happen in your profession or in your job. So I'm very excited to dive into this because I know what you do, but listeners might not. So what is your non-pharmacy fun activities? Oh, so my, my biggest um, hobby outside of pharmacy and, of course, the gym, which is you know more of self-care, I would call it, um, is um, racing. So, um, obviously, Adam and I, I, I touched on, we have the same type of car, Nissan 370Z. Um, it's something I got um, as kind of the present to myself for making it through my, my pharmacy school and residency year and everything. Um, and it's it's kind of my my weekend toy, um, but I do a lot of the work on it myself, and I'm I'm very heavily into uh, grassroots motorsports um, in the area. So I do something called autocross, um, which is um, usually in an abandoned airfield. Uh, it's it's sanctioned racing through the SCCA, uh, which is the Sports Car Club of America. Um, and you get together and basically you race for time. Um, and it's very competitive, but it's fun and it's low risk and it's, um, it's a good adrenaline rush because God knows I don't get enough of that in the ER. Um, (laughs) Literally, literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I like to joke around and say that I like to spend my weekends doing something relaxing, like racing cars at a (laughs) hundred miles an hour. Um, 
So it, it really, it, there is some overlap with pharmacy. I mean, you really have to be very detail oriented. You have to make um, kind of with uh, ER pharmacy, you have to make adjustments and, and respond to things um, very quickly, especially when you're driving and you're doing the racing. Um, but also you have to be very prepared. So there's a lot of like checklists and safety checks and everything to make sure that the car is going to be good enough to, to, uh, be prepared for the race and obviously not get you into any danger when you're out there on the track. Absolutely. Paying attention to the, those little things that at that time might not be a big deal, but when you're literally pushing everything to the limit where you're, you know, you're making turns and, and you're pulling a heavy G force, I mean, that can one little thing, like, what do they say? The weakest, weakest link in the chain that can just cause everything to tumble over. Um, but guys, funny story. When I, when I first met Andrew, when we were talking, um, through Instagram, he's like, Oh, I race, I race cars. I'm like, what do you have? And he's like, 370 Z. I'm like, dude, no way. Me too. I race. Like I always get to work early. It's amazing. And he's like, no dude, I like actually like race. So I check him out. And this dude, like serious racer. I, I mean, you place top if not first all the time in your season uh you do the work on your car uh if you guys aren't following him on instagram and you're into cars you need to because he gives some really awesome inside looks into you know his his toy garage he's got extra tires and and all the fun stuff um but it's cool because there's that sub community and pharmacy of other people that are into cars and racing um and, and actually one of them was another featured pharmacist who has a uh Subaru STI. Oh, Anya. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know I work with Anya, right? Yeah, that's what's funny is um, whenever she was featured, you, you made some uh, comment, and I was like, yeah, isn't it cool? And he's like, yeah, actually, you're like, I actually work with her. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so they always say pharmacy is a small world, and it really, really is. Uh, absolutely. It's funny. I, I know Anya had, had bought her and has had um, boxes and boxes showing up at the house. Um, and I definitely am not a bad influence on that at all. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's, it's, it's very cool. It, you know, there, there's a community within the car world and, and uh, obviously within the medical world. And there is overlap between that. I, uh, there's been people, uh, doctors and nurses that I've raced, raced with, um, have helped instruct before as well. So it, it's really cool to kind of have that camaraderie with um, both with the cars and, and the medical community. Absolutely. And I think one thing to touch on is, you know, it's cool to have fun things, but it, it's so impactful in not only enjoying your life and your fun, because, you know, what's the point of life if you're not living it? So you're doing stuff right. you actually like, but having that passion in, in what you do for fun really translates into your success as a pharmacist. Um, you were sharing before the podcast, before we started, that you created your, your whole program in the ER department for pharmacy. Uh, and then you went on to get certifications and now you're a preceptor. So, I mean, you're just going and going. So I don't know if you want to talk on your journey once you graduated um, with finding your passion in the ER and just talking about how that came to be. Um, Cause I'm sure that was a, not, not an easy process to start something from scratch in such a, you know, detail oriented, as we just said, environment to help not only patients but other healthcare professionals to help advance their job and make their job easier as well uh, 100 percent um so the, that's the funny part. so i found um you know obviously i told you I, I wasn't quite sure of my um my path in pharmacy at first 
Um, but really going out through and finding clinical pharmacy, I, I decided that's really the route that I wanted to go and had, you know, worked hard, especially through my, in my clinical year, um, to get good letters of recommendation, which I, I stress that those are very, um, very important. So really make a good impression, especially on your clinical preceptors. Mm. Um, but, um, through my preceptor, um, at uh, Cooper University Hospital uh, for critical care rotation, I had found my love for critical care and decided um, that this is really the route that I wanted to go. So um, I had gotten a residency program I'd, through my year. I knew I really wanted to focus on infectious disease and critical care. Um, had really grown my my um, uh, background in that and. The funny part is Einstein Medical Center at the time um, had clinical specialists in basically almost every area except for the ER. Um, so they offered an ER rotation, but it was precepted by the ICU preceptor. So they weren't, you weren't following somebody, um, you know, and mim mimicking and mirroring their practice. Basically, you went down there and you kind of, here's the ER, figure it out. Um, and I even, even had some, um, feedback from other past residents that said, uh, don't really quite bother with it because obviously like when you're going into a new practice area as a new pharmacist, the ER is one of the last places you want to step into not necessarily knowing what to do with it and, you know, um, how to practice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did ER as one of my last rotations that year. So I had gone through most of my year, had built up a good base in critical care. And through those five weeks there, I tried as hard as possible to uh, work myself into the medical team, make myself uh, a good resource and indispensable. And by the last week, which was probably my most proud moment there um, on that rotation is we had one of the residents finally turn around to one of the attendings and say, hey, like, how do we get one of these pharmacists down here? And wow. I gave them um, my director's um, contact information. Um, and I know Einstein has an, an ER pharmacist now, which is it was a huge need there because it was a crazy ER. But you know that that really felt good. And and I knew I want I loved ER as uh, a specialty after that. Um, but it was really the only experience I had. So I had finished my residency. I had um, applied to a job pretty early in the ER back home. Uh, in New Jersey. And um, I moved back home, not quite heard anything from that, uh, was applying the jobs, but really taking my time at that point. Um, and it's kind of a funny lesson to be learned here. Um, I got a call for an overnight position at the same hospital I'm at now. And I went in for this overnight position because I just needed a job at this point. Um, and it was a staff pharmacist position. And I sat down with HR and, you know, the whole, if, if you don't ask, you don't get, you know, like if, um, I said, Hey, are, do you still have that ER position open? And they said, yeah, are you interested? And I said, well, absolutely. Are you kidding? Um, they wrote that down and all of a sudden it became an interview for the ER position instead. Wow. Yeah. No risk, and that's no where I am. Exactly. So I figured what, what was the harm? So Really, you, you got to speak up and, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So um, definitely a lesson learned there for me. So, um, you know, they hired me at Community and, and they really did um, take a, a leap of faith on me, not having much ER experience uh, in general. But, you know, it took a little while to work into, but 
it's it's really become a huge passion of mine. I love it. I love the the nurses and doctors I work with and the mid-level practitioners and and just the action and being able to be so hands-on in the patient care is really a, a wonderful thing. Wow. That dude, that story is freaking incredible. Like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing and inspiring. And I, I actually am glad that you told it because for pharmacy students, um, one thing that I've found in, in working with them as a preceptor myself is the number one fear in pharmacy school is not knowing what you want to do when you graduate. Sometimes mm-hmm. students feel like there's this ticking time bomb where like, oh, if you don't know what you're going to do when you graduate, you're screwed. Or if you don't know before rotations, you just wasted your time. Um, so I think your story is such great advice on how to handle that and really find your niche and passion. Because um, I, I give very similar advice to what you do and uh, in, in, in how you conducted yourself on your rotations. And, and it's what I did. It, my, uh, one of my mentors gave me this advice to really treat every single rotation like a job interview. So that's what I did. So I was like, all right, every, every rotation is going to be a job interview. So I only have five weeks to literally get a job. So if you go into it with that mindset, you're going to have to over-deliver. You're going to have to come early, stay late. You're going to have to not just hand in the paper, but give references and you know just really go over the top with delivery and service and show them because everyone says, oh, I want to learn, but show them through your actions, through your commitment that you are in it to win it. So literally, my goal was I'm going to not pass each rotation, but I'm going to get honors each and every time because literally this is a job. And I think if you go into rotations that way, even if here, here's another piece of advice, even if you know what you want to do and you have rotations or like, Oh, I don't, I hate hospital. I don't want to do it, but I have to do this rotation. Don't blow that off. You might like, you go into it with that mindset. You might miss something that you missed in thinking of, you know, a different angle. Like you might be misinterpreting that. And I've had so many people that have found their true passion through that process. So even if you know what you want to do, especially if you don't know, but go into that with really, how can I get the most out of this rotation? Um, and, and that's another piece of advice that I did personally, and I recommend to my students, is before you even start your rotation, email your preceptor, give them a phone call, and just state your intention. I want to get the very most out of this. I'm going to over-deliver. What do I have to do to get honors at your rotation? So that sets the expectation that you're serious and they're going to push you. It's not going to be easy. They're going to you know, give you extra stuff, have you do extra things, help other people out. But the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out. And literally, you're paying for this anyway. It's part of your tuition right. as a student. So why not you know, quote, put those tax dollars to work, so to speak? Definitely. And, and, you know, kind of speaking to what you said with making the most of each rotation and treating it as an interview, you know, I, like I had said, I think the, the letter that I had gotten from my preceptor uh, in the ICU was huge for me. But not only that, um, as a student, I, I want to give the advice that should be very aware of the places, if you are interested in residency, of course, um, the places that have a residency that you're doing a rotation at. Um, I had two rotations as a student at Einstein and I knew that, and I, I knew their rotate, their, um, reputation for being a great residency program and producing good residents. And I killed myself for those two rotations and it, it had paid off for me, you know? 
Um, so that that's huge. And as a preceptor now, I, uh, what you had said, you know, how do I, I, I want to go above and beyond? How do I, what do I have to do to get an A? Um, I respect that. I very highly respect that and very rarely hear that as a, a preceptor. And if somebody tells me something like that, I know they're serious and I'm 100% about to um, show them everything they need to, to go above and beyond, you know? Exactly. And, and I think an added bonus to that um, with a preceptor that has that awareness like you do of, wow, like this guy, this girl's serious is what I found is if you do that, like you set that standard up front, but then you follow through, I mean, things come up, but if you, mm-hmm. you know, you put in the work as, as best you can, not only will you get, mm-hmm. you know, good referrals, but that's going to be a relationship that you can foster for years and, and become friends. Like right. I'm friends with all my preceptors. It, it's phenomenal. So showing up because I mean, who doesn't want to be a friend with someone that wants to go above and beyond at your rotation that clearly is important to you. I mean, mm-hmm. You could be racing cars or working out or, you know, doing what else, but you're putting in all this time and energy to something. So clearly it's important to you. So if someone shows up, like basically saying indirectly, this is important to me too, that's going to be a spark for possibly an awesome uh, collaboration in in any sense. You could be colleagues one day. You never know. And again, like we started with, pharmacy is a small world. So you don't want to go into it the opposite way either. (laughs) Coming. Like when, when's lunch, when do I leave, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, wow. you know, it's, it's funny how you, uh, what you had said about, you know, wanting to show up and, and wanting to learn something that, that I think I've learned as a lesson in terms of the, the racing um, is really showing up and, and learning everything you can from the people around you, especially your preceptors, uh, when you have that opportunity. Um, with the racing, one of the biggest things they, they tell you is forget about modifying your car and adding things and making it go faster. Seat time, seat time, experience, learning from people, the right ways to do things. And I know earlier on, I wish I had taken more advantage of having the instructors that have done this for 15, 20 years, sit down and, and ride along with the car with me and really kind of teach me the right techniques and give me pointers earlier on to break bad habits. So it's really beneficial to have that person to, to guide you the right way. And if you show that you want to learn, people latch on to that. You know, a lot of us like to teach. And when you have somebody who has that thirst for learning, it's really a great relationship that you can build. I agree with that completely, man. It's like magnetic. Because, you know, you, you mm-hmm. want, you want, like you design your, your rotation, your, your residency, what, whatever your program is to really give the best value because just knowing you, that's how you show up. You want to give the best version of yourself, uh, which is again, going into self-care and everything else you do. So when you see someone that says, you know, I, I want to take this seriously, you're like, oh, like I literally designed this program for you, for someone who wants to learn someone who wants to show up and go the extra mile. Uh, so I, I think that's freaking incredible. Thank you. I, I appreciate the compliments, everyone. Absolutely, man. And the other thing too with this is having those side hobbies, uh, which really are, are part of your your daily life because they're so they're such big passions for you. Is summing it up, it, it really looks at two really important things that will help your career as a future pharmacist, or if you're already a pharmacist, uh, a long-term professional. And I think that is, we touched on one, 
preventing burnout because, you know, you want to be in this for the long game rather than just, you know, a short in and out and then check out, do whatever. But the other thing is, is we talked about this in a couple of different areas with your passions with racing is skill transfer. And I actually see this with clients that I work with uh, trying to live healthier lives is they might be like really good at, at one aspect of their job. Like they're a phenomenal pharmacist. They've got great attention to detail, but there's, there's a lacking part of awareness or skills when it comes to nutrition, be it meal prep um, or working out or something like that. So just showing them like you have the skill in this area, you can transfer that over to this area over here because you're already good at it in this context. So if we just transfer that skill over here with what you're trying to accomplish, you can do that because you've already proven to yourself that you can. And that kind of ignites a light bulb like, oh, you're right. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm a coach. <laughs> um, but it, it's something phenomenal that you said with racing, you have to have attention to detail just as an ER pharmacist because you know, as an ER pharmacist, it's life or death. And just like in a car, like if you take a turn going 100 miles an hour and something's not right, you literally could die. Um, I, I, I laughed when you were saying that racing was low risk because <laughs> uh, not exactly. <laughs> um, but there's that and uh, all the other things you talked about of, of having seat time and experience and, and, and going into that with an open mind, um, which is really admirable for you being such a seasoned racer with such an awesome history of placings and, and just doing so well at what you do with racing, but you still show up, you know, I have these, this awesome past history, but I'm showing up as a student instead of, you know, with an ego, you're trying to learn from other people because there's always something to learn. And I think if you go into your profession in pharmacy with that mindset, you're going to be unstoppable in the long term. Oh, definitely. It, you you will never stop learning, um, and and you will always continue to grow if you you have that mindset, which is the, the right way to be. I, I definitely agree there. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches. And through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy to read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, Check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. Well, man, you gave some phenomenal tips, uh, not only for pharmacists, but for pharmacy students. Um, if you're listening to this and, and either you don't know what you want to do for your career or you think you know what you want to do, I highly consider you listen to Andrew's advice because I can agree with it. I, I took that advice. Um, from my mentor and it works. It worked out for me pretty well. Uh, it worked out phenomenally for Andrew. So it's tried and true advice. It's not something we just you know read from a book and regurgitated. It's something that we lived, we have Im implemented in our own lives uh, and we see those results, which is one reason both of us are preceptors because we see the value of that advice and we really want to help people who want to learn. 
So that's our challenge for you is be that person that wants to learn, that wants to take what you are passionate about into something meaningful that's not just going to help yourself be better, but through that passion and action, allow those you serve to become the best versions of themselves. Definitely, Adam. I, I definitely agree with that. If you, you really have to push yourself and, and set those goals and, and really um, push as hard as you can to, to achieve those because all of us in the pharmacy career have obviously um, you know, achieved so much already, but you, know, you could trans to any aspect of life and, and it really does um, uh, make for, for an incredible career. Well, if you guys want to learn more with Andrew, because it's really fun following him on social, uh, Andrew, where can people connect with you if they're crazy enough to not be following you already? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my Instagram is uh, fitnessrxz, um, and you could follow me on there, and I'd be happy to share any tips or if, if anybody has any questions, um, uh, regardless of whether it's about fitness, racing, uh, pharmacy or ER pharmacy, then I, I'd be happy to talk to them. Guys, I highly recommend you connect with him. Uh, in the show notes, I'll have those links. I'll also have show notes to his story when he was the featured fit pharmacist uh, not too long ago. I think it was about a year or so. Uh, but he shares his story yeah. in how he became uh, such an amazing testament to the powers that fitness, not just physical fitness, but mental and really finding that passion and really help you in your career, uh, which is what I'm here to do to help you guys, bringing you the very best in our profession to share their life story and struggles to help you overcome yours and find that inner empowerment that you have. So guys, thank you for spending your time with us today. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the one and only Dr. Andrew. Go forth be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 